Allah says, وَمَا أَرُسَلْنَا And we did not send فِي قَرْيَةٍ In any nation, مِن نَبِيٍ Any prophet, إِلَّا except أَخَذْنَا We seized أَهْلَهَا Its people, بِالْبَأْسَاءِ With poverty, وَالضَّرَّاءِ And the hardship, the adversity, لَعَلَّهُمْ So that they يَضَّرَّعُونَ They become humble. Now Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala comments on the different nations that have been mentioned over here, one after the other. That every nation, what happened? When Allah sent a prophet to them, then when those people disbelieved, when they did not listen to the messenger, it wasn't that all of a sudden Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent a punishment and destroyed those people. No. No, it wasn't like that. Because we might think over here, reading all of these stories, that why is it like this? That every time a nation disbelieved, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala just destroyed them. It didn't happen within a day. Nuh alayhi salam, he preached his people for how long? Two days? One day? 950 years. So in that time, many things happened. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala showed them the truth in many ways, warned them in many ways. How? That first of all, when they disbelieved, Allah seized the people with what? Hardship and adversity. Ba'sa, dhara, these are words we have done many times. Ba'sa is poverty, adversity, dhara, illness, misfortune, hard times. So, in other words, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent temporary punishment upon them. Why? So that they would become humble. Yadhara'oon, dhadra'in. What does it mean by yadhara'oon? We did the word tadarru'an earlier. Call upon your Lord. How? Tadarru'an. With humility. Making yourself small. So they would become humble. They would turn to Allah. They would cry before Allah. What does this teach us? That whenever Allah sends a calamity, a misfortune, a difficulty upon His servant, why is that so? So that the servant would humble before Allah. Because many times, what happens is that people don't think about Allah. They don't seek forgiveness for their sins. But when they become needy, then their neediness turns them to Allah. Doesn't that happen? If all is well, everything is fine, people are lost in their lives, busy enjoying themselves. Somebody tells them this is not right, they say whatever. Somebody tells them, do this, this is good. They say, you know, I'm too busy. But when they become sick and they're lying in bed, when they lose their job and they need money to pay their bills, when, you know, a disaster strikes them, then what happens? Eventually, they think about making dua to Allah. Like for instance, if you've been doing really well at school, you have an exam coming up, you're very confident about it. Would you make dua? Perhaps not. But if you've been so busy that you've hardly had the time to study, and you know that if you fail that test, that's it. Your parents are going to be very upset with you. You're not going to get the credit in order to you know, apply for a particular course, for a particular program. So then what happens until you start the exam? You're just making dua like crazy. Aren't you? Because you know that you can't do it yourself. You need Allah's help. So Allah puts us in difficulty sometimes so that we turn to Him. We feel the need to turn to Allah. 
The people of Fir'aun also. Imagine those tyrants. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent them one punishment after the other. Why? So that they would turn to Allah. And they did. Every time a disaster happened, they would go to Musa alayhi salam and say, you make dua to Allah. If this is removed from us, we will believe. But what would happen? Every time Musa alayhi salam would make dua, the difficulty was removed. Would the people believe? No. It's just like a person goes into their exam, unprepared, and they're making dua like anything. Ya Allah, you save me. I believe in you. I love you. I'll do this. I'll do that. I trust in you. And they remember all the names and attributes of Allah. And they show the servitude to Allah. And they write their test. And after the test, they feel as if, yeah, you know, they did well. And they say, Alhamdulillah. And then they go party. When the time for prayer comes, I'm too lazy. Right? Many times it happens that when people are needy, they turn to Allah. As soon as their need is fulfilled, they forget Allah. So when this happens, that they forget Allah, ثُمَّ بَدَّلْنَا Then we replaced, we exchanged. مَكَانَ place السَّيِّئَةِ Of the evil, meaning in place of the evil, what do we bring instead? الْحَسَنَةِ The good. Meaning that Allah replaces bad times, hard times, with good times. When they didn't take a lesson from hard times, then what happened? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala removed those difficulties from them and instead blessed them with many blessings. Enjoyment, happiness, money, everything that people want. Al-hasana. So much hasana, hatta until afaw, they prospered. Afaw was from Ain Fawaw. And remember that afaw means forgiveness and it also means prosperity, increase. So until they increased in their power, in their wealth, in their happiness, they had so much that again they forgot Allah. وَقَالُوا And they said, قَدْ in fact, مَسَّ It touched أَبَاءَنَا Our forefathers الضَّرَّاءُ وَالسَّرَّاءُ الضَّرَّاءُ Hardship السَّرَّاءُ Ease It's the opposite of that. Meaning, our forefathers, the people before us, even they suffered from hard times and good times. So it's not a big deal, you know, if we were suffering just two years ago, if we were really sick. Meaning, they don't remember Allah at this time. They don't thank Allah for taking them out of difficulty. Rather, what do they say? This is just life. This happens in life. Sometimes you're happy, sometimes you're sad. Sometimes you're lucky and sometimes you're unfortunate. Sometimes you have everything you want and sometimes you don't have everything you want. This is normal. This is what happens in life. Is that true? Yes. It does happen in life. But who is it that sent that adversity to you? Who allowed it to happen? And who took that away from you? Allah. So it doesn't happen just by itself. There is someone who is causing all of this. But people who don't take any lesson from their circumstances, what do they say? Oh, this is just normal. Well, this just happens. Yeah, I failed my last exam, but yeah, today I passed it. It's just normal. They don't think about Allah. فَأَخَذْنَاهُمْ Then we seize them. بَغْتَةً Suddenly. وَهُمْ لَا يَشْعُرُونَ And they don't even realize. What do we see over here? That how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't punish people immediately. He makes them go through hardship, so they remember Him, they turn to Him. And if they don't take a lesson from that, then their hardship is replaced with ease and comfort. And when it's replaced with ease and comfort, then people think, yeah, it's all good. This is just normal. This is life. This is what happens. 
And then Allah's punishment comes upon them. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala catches them. But a believer, when he goes through difficulty, he thinks very differently. In a hadith we learn, the matter of the believer is amazing. For nothing that Allah decrees for him, except that it is better for him. If some difficulty, some harm strikes him, he is patient and that is better for him. And if he's given some prosperity, then he thanks Allah and that is better for him. But this happens only with who? The believer. And those who lack iman, then what happens with them? In hard times, they remember Allah or they don't even remember Allah. Some hearts are so hard that even in the most difficult times, they don't think about Allah. Even when they are so needy, they don't raise their hands in order to make dua. They remain arrogant. Nothing breaks their ego. So when nothing breaks their ego, what is it that finally reached their hearts? It's the fire of hell. Because nothing melted them, so the fire of hell will eventually torture them. That is what will reach their hearts. Such fire that will reach the hearts. And when such people don't take a lesson from their difficulties, then Allah replaces that with good. And when they're having a good time, when they're enjoying, then they think everything is fine. It's just normal. Ups and downs of life. They don't take a lesson from anything. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sends punishment upon them. Then they're caught. How? Suddenly. Because they weren't expecting it. When a difficulty is removed, then the person thinks, my life is all good now. Everything's gonna be okay. And then Allah seizes them. In a hadith we learn, مَوْتُ الْفَجْأَةِ رَحْمَةٌ لِلْمُؤْمِنِ وَأَخْذَةُ أَسَفٍ لِلْكَافِرِ That sudden death is a mercy for the believer. Sudden death is what? A mercy for the believer. How? How is it a mercy for the believer if he dies suddenly? Like for example, some people they have a sudden heart attack and that's it, they're done. Or they were sleeping and they just never wake up. Or all of a sudden they were in a car crash and they died. How is it a mercy for a believer? Don't we think it's such a tragedy? Isn't that how we generally view it? How is it a mercy for the believer? Because death came to them quickly. Right? Death is not easy. Dying is something that is very painful. Because when the ruh is being extracted from the body, it's a very painful experience. Aisha anha, she said that when I saw the Prophet ﷺ in the pangs of death, then I knew that it's not bad if someone goes through it. Meaning it's normal. Because generally we think that if someone is dying with a lot of difficulty, then they must be a very evil person. But the fact is that death is painful. And if a person becomes extremely old, extremely old, is old age easy? Is it easy? It has so many difficulties with it. I know of this one person, they're extremely old, almost 100 years of age. And mashallah, they have no physical problems in the sense that they have no diseases, no heart problems, no blood sugar issues, nothing. No thyroid issues, nothing at all. And now their body has become so weak because of wear and tear that their shoulder is broken. In the sense that it's not something that for which she has to change her diet or she has to take any medications, nothing. It's just that her shoulder is broken. She can't lift up her arm. Her posture has changed, right? And the digestive system has become so weak that she cannot swallow easily and she cannot use the washroom easily. And it's so difficult to see them in this pain 
for them to bear that pain. It's so difficult. This is why we see that we have been taught the dua that Allah may need become an ardalil umur from the decrepit old age in which a person just becomes weak and weak and weak. Because that is very painful. Very painful. For a person himself and also for those around them to watch them go through this. If a person is in a hospital bed lying for three months, five months, and then he gradually, gradually, gradually dies, that is painful. Allah, we are hopeful that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is purifying them. Right? That He's purifying them before He calls them. And we should always be hopeful. Always think positively about people who are suffering in this way. Never think, oh, they must be very evil. This is why Allah is punishing them through this. No. We are hopeful that Allah is purifying them, inshaAllah. But we see that if a person dies suddenly, that is a mercy. But it can only be for who? For a believer, like the Prophet ﷺ said. But... Sudden death, the Prophet ﷺ said, is a sorrowful punishment for the disbeliever. Because he had long hopes. He had huge plans to have fun in this way and that way, to do this and that, and all those hopes and plans, gone down the drain. They're finished. So we see that a believer, when he goes through difficulty, he comes out different. And when a disbeliever goes through difficulty, then what happens? He doesn't take a lesson. He doesn't turn to Allah. And his outcome is very different. Allah says, وَلَوْ and if أَنَّ indeed أَهْلَ الْقُرَى The people of the towns. الْقُرَى plural of qariyah. What is qariyah? City. The people of the cities. If they had amanu, If they had believed. وَالتَّقَوْ And they had feared Allah. If only they had believed in the messengers. If only they had feared Allah and changed their ways. Then what would happen? لَفَتَحْنَا Surely we would have opened عَلَيْهِمْ upon them barakatin blessings مِنَ السَّمَاءِ from the sky وَالْأَرْضِ and the earth. Then Allah would have sent blessings on them from the sky and the earth, from above and below. What do we learn over here? The blessings of iman. What do we think generally? That if we become Muslim, if we take our deen seriously, then what will happen? Life will become difficult. For example, if I start wearing the hijab, it will be difficult for me to continue working where I am working. If I pray right now at my workplace, people might get offended. If I'm honest over here, I'm not going to make any money. People think like this, right? It is these fears that prevent us from obeying Allah. Isn't it so? It is these fears. But what does Allah say here? That if they had believed and adopted taqwa, then we would have filled their lives with blessings. Blessings from above and blessings from below. More than they could handle. So what is the benefit of iman? That yes, there will be suffering, but with the suffering, after the suffering, Allah will definitely reward a person in this world and in the hereafter. Many times we associate religion with problems. But that's not the case. With everything, there are going to be challenges. But with iman, with religion, also come many blessings. And this is the promise of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And reflect on what happened with the companions of the Prophet ﷺ in Mecca. What were they? People who used to drink during the day and commit zina in the night. That's 
what their life was about. Who would go and worship the idols, make the idols and then eat them up later. Who would fight with one another and kill brother, kill friend, whatever. Doesn't matter. Why? Because he hurt my ego. He did this, he did that. This was what their life was about. There were people who were heading towards their own destruction. But what happened? When they believed, they became the conquerors of Rome and Persia. They became owners of so much wealth that they couldn't even handle it. At the time of Umar bin Abdul Aziz, people used to go out looking for those who could accept charity. Because everyone had so much money, they didn't need charity. Can you imagine? Every person was wealthy at that time. Every person had enough at that time. That you had to look for the poor, search for the poor. Where are those poor people whom we can give money to? This was the state of the ummah at that time. Why? Because of their iman and because of their taqwa. But we think that we have to leave Islam or keep away from it. Or, you know, have a safe distance away from it. Why? Because if we take Islam too seriously, our lives are going to become difficult. That's not the case. Difficulty will happen. Bilal radiallahu anhu, yes, he did suffer a lot. He was tortured, physically abused. The Muslims of Makkah, they were driven out of Makkah. Many were killed. Many lost their lives. They experienced poverty, a lot of hardship. But eventually, was there not relief? There was relief. Why does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make a believer go through difficulty? So that a believer can become firm about his faith. Because what comes easy will go easily as well. Right? But when you have to fight for something, and you have to fight in order to have it, then what happens? You value it. When you have to struggle to get something, when you have to suffer for something, then you hold on to it. Then you value it much more. Umar anhu, at his time, the Muslims, they conquered many great lands and he traveled basically to those places in order to enter the city as the victors. While he was traveling, he passed by a place that was very muddy. So Abu Ubaidah he told him that, you know, you are the leader of the believers. Please sit on the horse so that your clothes don't get dirty because if you're covered in mud and you walk into the city as a victor like that, people are not gonna think much of you. So at least sit on the horse. So he said, Oh Abu Ubaidah, shame on you. Shame on you. We were a people who were nothing. And Allah brought us honor by what? By Islam. And if we seek honor through something other than Islam, then Allah will humiliate us. What do we want? We want to leave Islam so that we can become honorable. But it's the other way around exactly. The other way around. When a person believes, has taqwa, then Allah will increase him in his honor. He will give him more and more of this life. More and more of the blessings of this life. A person is doing something wrong, haram. And he thinks that if I leave it, my life is going to become very difficult. No, it's not going to become difficult. Initially, there will be difficulty. But Allah will place barakah in your life, peace in your life, happiness in your life. Happiness. I know of a lady, I just spoke to her recently, and she was telling me that once she was giving a big donation, and the person, they said to them that, you know what, keep this and leave your mortgaged house. And they said, I have made the intention, I am going to do it. And she said, within days literally, 
her house was sold for the asking price. Recently, I visited her new house. It's a rental house. But believe me, it's a thousand times better than the other house that they were living in before. Thousand times better. You enter, you feel relaxed. It's peaceful. You can feel that the people of this house are relaxed. They're happy. They're living good lives, empowered lives. And there are others who are living in houses which they have bought on haram. And the moment you enter, you feel that discomfort. You feel that discomfort. But we think that we have to stick to these ways because if we lose it, then what will we have? If we sell it, then what will we have? Allah is testing you. What are you going to give up for His sake? If you give up something for His sake, Allah will not deprive you. He will give you something much better than what you gave up for Him. وَلَوْ أَنَّ أَهْلَ الْقُرَىٰ آمَنُوا وَاتَّقَوْا لَفَتَّحْنَا عَلَيْهِمْ بَرَكَاتٍ مِنَ السَّمَاءِ وَالْأَرْضِ Iman is also good deeds. So if we perform good deeds, that which is right, that which Allah has commanded, then it is not possible that you will suffer. Suffering will be temporary, but Allah will bless you. Fill your life with barakah from the sky and the earth. وَلَكِنْ بَتْ كَذَّبُوا They rejected. فَأَخَذْنَاهُمْ So we seize them. بِمَا كَانُوا يَكْسِبُونَ Because of what they used to earn. Meaning the majority of the people, what is their case? That they remain firm on their wrong ways. They refuse to believe. They refuse to change. And when they remain like that, then how can someone help you? How can someone help you if you don't want to help yourself? How? وَلَكِنْ كَذَّبُوا They rejected. So as a result, they were punished. In Surah An-Nahl, Ayah 97, we learn, مَنْ عَمِلَ صَالِحًا مِنْ ذَكَرٍ أَوْ أُنْثَى وَهُوَ مُؤْمِنٍ فَلَنُحْيِيَنَّهُ حَيَاةً طَيِّبَةً That whoever does righteousness, whether male or female, while he is a believer, then we will surely cause him to live a good life. A good life. And we see to the people of Yunus alayhi salam, what happened with them? Yunus alayhi salam, he got upset, right? And what did he do? What did Yunus alayhi salam do? He left them. So he left them thinking that Allah will send his punishment upon them. But instead Allah was upset with Yunus alayhi salam, that why did you leave without my permission? So eventually when Yunus alayhi salam went back, the people had already believed. Because they took a lesson from the warning of Yunus a.s. They were afraid that, okay, Yunus said he's leaving. Allah might send punishment, then we're doomed. Other nations were also given such a warning, but did they pay attention to that? Did they believe? No, they didn't. So the people of Yunus a.s., they believed. And when they believed, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala caused them a good life to live. And this is the case with every person. Every person. The one who believes, then Allah will give him a good life. And those who don't, then Allah asks, Afa Amina. Did he then feel secure? Amina from Hamza Mim Noon. Aman. Aman is what? Peace, safety, security. That when you don't feel threatened, when you don't have any danger. Allah says, Did he feel secure? Who? Ahlul Qura, the people of the cities. أَيَّأْتِيَهُمْ That it should come to them, بَأْسُنَا Our punishment, بَيَاتًا by night, وَهُمْ نَائِمُونَ While they are sleeping. بَيَات From بَيَاتًا بَيْتْ is home, house, and بَيَات by night. Meaning, because the house is where people spend their night. نَائِمُونَ Plural of نَائِم From نَوْم نُونَ وَاو مِيم Did the people who are sinning, who are disobeying Allah, 
do they feel secure from the punishment of Allah? Can Allah not send punishment to them in their homes while they're sleeping in the night? Do they feel secure from Allah's punishment? Awa Do they then feel secure? Ahlul Qura, the people of the towns, ayyatiyahum, that it should come to them. Ba'suna, our punishment. Duha, by morning. In morning. Wahum yal'abun, while they are playing. Yal'abun from la'ib, lam, ayin ba, to play. Meaning while they're busy going out and about their daily lives, do they think that Allah will not send punishment to them? The fact is that Allah can send his punishment upon a person any time, any second. No person can ever, ever feel secure. So while we are disobeying Allah, while we are sinning, we should remind ourselves, what if, what if the ceiling falls on me? What if the earth splits below me? What if there's an earthquake the next second, the next moment? What if I get a heart attack? Is that not possible? Is that not possible? It is very much possible. People who get struck by sudden calamities, unexpected storms, were they prepared for it ever? No. Did they feel secure from it? Definitely. Because if they didn't feel secure from it, they wouldn't be there at that time. Recently you must have heard that in the UK, in a pub, a police helicopter crashed onto the ceiling of the pub. Just imagine, police helicopter. The policemen, they're gone, and hundreds of people inside, injured and many dead. Imagine what a place to die, a pub, in the night, in the middle of the night. So never go to a place where you do not want to die. And never do anything that you don't want to die doing. If you're afraid of meeting Allah in that state, then keep away from it. Because really, we don't know when death is coming. We don't know when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala might send His punishment on us because of the sins that we are committing despite the warnings that we have received. Allah warns us, أَفَأَمِنَ أَهْلُ الْقُرَىٰ أَن يَأْتِيَهُمْ بَأْسُنَا بَيَاتًا وَهُمْ نَائِمُونَ أَوَأَمِنَ أَهْلُ الْقُرَىٰ أَن يَأْتِيَهُمْ بَأْسُنَا ضُحًا وَهُمْ يَلْعَبُونَ أَفَأَمِنُوا مَكْرَ اللَّهِ did they then feel secure from the plot of Allah, from the plan of Allah, from the punishment of Allah? Why is the punishment called makr? Because makr is a hidden plot, a hidden plan. You know that someone is contriving against someone and he has no idea. He has no idea. And all of a sudden, he's caught in the middle of that plot and he cannot escape. So Allah warns us, أَفَأَمِنُوا مَكْرَ اللَّهِ Do they feel secure from the plan of Allah? فَلَا يَأْمَنُوا So he does not feel secure. مَكْرَ اللَّهِ From the plot of Allah. إِلَّا except الْقَوْمُ الْخَاسِرُونَ The losers. The people who are losers. The losing people who will suffer great loss. They are the ones who are not afraid of the punishment of Allah. When they are not afraid, then what happens? They keep doing what they want to. They keep fulfilling their desires. They don't change their ways. And when they don't change their ways, Allah punishes them. And then what do they suffer? Nothing but loss. Only loss. This is why all of us should be very careful, very alert. When we're doing anything wrong, you know when you're listening to music for instance, 
and you're struggling with it, like you want to leave it, but if you just have a habit, tell yourself, what if the angel of death appears before me right now, this instant? What if? When we're yelling at someone, cursing them, even if they may be older to us, even if they may be our parents, our grandparents, and we're very angry, ask yourself, what if I get a heart attack this moment and I drop? What if? Is that a possibility? Definitely. Do I want to die like this? Never. So always be afraid. A believer is always afraid. Why do you think taqwa is so important? What is taqwa? Fear of Allah, right? Fear. That if I say this, I'll be punished. If I do this, I'll be punished. So I better not say this. I better not do this. I should stay away from it. I should control myself. I should hold myself back. So a believer, he never feels secure from the punishment of Allah. He's always afraid. This is why he's always between fear and hope. Fear, afraid of Allah. Hope, hopeful of Allah's mercy. Hassan al-Basri said, the believer performs the acts of worship. Meaning he does good. All the while fearing Allah. The whole time he is afraid of Allah. In fright and anxiety. He's afraid. What if this doesn't get accepted? What if because of my sins, the good that I'm doing gets wasted? He's all the time in fear, fright, and anxiety. And a sinful person, he commits the acts of disobedience while feeling safe. While feeling safe. This is why we see that, for instance, you might find it difficult to say certain words, bad words. Hmm? And... There are other people who just say them easily all the time. Every second word in their sentence is what? A curse word or swear word. And you don't say it. But what happens? When you keep listening to such people and when you keep admiring them, then one day you're like, let me try it too. Let me say it. Let me just say this once. And you feel like, wow. But remember that when you said it and you had that wow feeling, what did you lose there? the strength of your iman. Your iman became weak. Because your iman will keep you afraid of Allah's punishment. And because of that, you won't say something that Allah doesn't approve of. You won't do something that Allah doesn't approve of. And if you see people doing wrong openly, publicly, happily, boldly, confidently, then realize that what they're missing is what? Iman. So don't get affected by them. Don't admire them. Realize that they're missing a great treasure. So the believer, he performs the acts of worship all the while feeling fear and fright and anxiety. And the fajr, the sinful, he commits the acts of disobedience while feeling safe. فَلَا يَأْمَنُ مَكْرَ اللَّهِ إِلَّا الْقَوْمُ الْخَاسِرُونَ Then Allah addresses us, أَوَلَمْ Did not يَهْدِ It guide لِلَّذِينَ to those people who yarithuna they inherit al-arda the earth min ba'di after ahliha its people meaning those who have inherited the land after its previous owners are gone who are these people those who have inherited the land after its previous people are gone its previous owners are gone meaning the past generations now they're gone and now there are some people who have inhabited the earth. They are living on the earth. So who are these people who are living on the earth? Who? Us. 
Allah is talking about us. أَوَلَمْ يَهْدِ لِلَّذِينَ يَرِثُونَ الْأَرْضَ مِنْ بَعْدِ أَهْلِهَا Has this not become clear to them? Has it not guided them? What? أَنْ ذَاتْ لَوْ نَشَاءُ If we will, أَصَبْنَاهُمْ We could afflict them, we could reach them, meaning with punishment, بِذُنُوبِهِمْ Because of their sins? Has it not become clear to them that the people who lived before, now they're gone. And now we're living. Has it not become clear to us that if Allah wants, He can punish us for our sins? Is it clear to us? Allah is asking us, is it clear to us that if we do wrong, Allah can punish us for our wrong? Is this a lesson that we've learned from the people of the past? From the stories of the nations that are mentioned, that we have learned? If we haven't learned this lesson, then we have learned nothing. From all of these stories that are mentioned here, what's the main lesson we learn? That if Allah wants, He can punish us for our sins. We commit sins and we forget them. Whereas in reality, they have been recorded. They have been written down. They have been preserved. And if we don't seek forgiveness for them, if we don't change our ways, then we should be afraid that Allah can punish us for our sins. Because the people of the past, why were they punished? For no wrong? For nothing wrong that they did? No, they were punished because of their sins. So if we are committing sins as well, how can we feel safe that ah, nothing will happen, so do whatever you want? وَنَطْبَعُوا And we can seal عَلَى قُلُوبِهِمْ On their hearts فَهُمْ So they لَا يَسْمَعُونَ They would not listen. Meaning they would lose the ability to listen. Meaning, has it not become clear to them that if Allah wants, Allah can set a seal on the hearts of the people? On our hearts? So we would lose the ability to listen and take a lesson. Take any benefit. What does it mean by this? That if a person listens, he hears the warning, he finds out, he gets to know, okay, this is right and this is wrong. But he doesn't change. He doesn't accept that advice. He recognizes what wrong is. He has heard it repeatedly again and again. Riba is haram. Interest is haram. Interest is haram. If our children know anything, what is it? Interest is haram. It's something that's clear to everybody. All Muslims. They might not know big things about salah, many things about zakat, but what they do know is that interest is haram. Right? But still, if we don't change our ways, if we don't leave haram, then Allah warns us that we can set a seal on their hearts. So they would lose the ability to listen. Meaning, then their hearts will be sealed, and then they will learn This is right, this is wrong, but they will not take any benefit. Because what happens is that the first time you find out about something, that this is right, this is wrong, then it affects your heart. Right? You get motivated to change, to do something, to leave something. And if you leave that wrong, then what happens? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives you ability to become better and better and better. But if a person listens... And he gets emotional. And then he doesn't change anything. Then what will happen the next time that he will listen? Yeah, I know I should pray. 
Next time again, somebody will remind them, yeah, I know I should have khushu in my prayer. I know I should be praying five times a day. But nothing affects them anymore. First time they heard it, it shook their heart. The tenth time they're hearing it, doesn't affect them at all. Why? Because the heart becomes hard. It becomes sealed. You know like if a bottle is sealed, can you pour something inside it? Can you put something inside it? No. If a jar is closed, if a box is closed, then you pour, pour. You try to put something inside, but nothing will go inside. Why? Because the person did not open the lid. He did not create the change, the necessary change. So when he didn't change himself, then Allah will take that ability away from him as a punishment. وَالنَّطْبَعُ عَلَىٰ قُلُوبِهِمْ فَهُمْ لَا يَسْمَعُونَ They will not be able to understand even. They will not take heed. And sometimes this happens. That a person is told and reminded again and again, but it's as though he doesn't listen. It's like, you know, children, their parents tell them something, do this. And they have become parent deaf. Why? Because every time their mom says something, they ignore. Every time their mom says, they ignore, ignore, ignore. To the point that they don't even hear their mothers anymore. The mother may be yelling, screaming at the top of her voice. But the child, he's just lost in his world. She's yelling and he doesn't hear? No, he doesn't. And just like that, a child is crying, the mother ignores the child. And the child is crying and screaming. And the mother, she's going about, you know, normally. As if nothing is happening. And other people are freaking out. Your child is screaming. Yeah, I know, it's okay then it doesn't bother the person anymore, right? The first time the mother hears her child scream, she gets frazzled. She gets worried. What happened to my child? And then she hears another scream, another scream, another scream, to the point that she becomes deaf to her child. So she doesn't even listen to the child's screams. She doesn't even recognize them. The child may be in pain, in agony, but she's used to ignoring those screams and calls. So she doesn't pay any attention. So this is what happens to a person who doesn't take heed from Allah's warnings. That eventually a time comes when the heart becomes hard and then he doesn't change at all. Allah says, Tilka, that Al-Qura, the towns. Meaning all of these stories that are mentioned over here about towns, different nations, Naqussu, we narrate from Qaf Sad Sad, Alayka upon you, Min Ambaiha, from its news. Meaning some news, some information you've been told about it. This is not everything. Just a few details Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has told you. Walaqad, and certainly, Ja'athum, it came to them. Who? Rusuluhum, their messengers. Their messengers came to them. بِالْبَيِّنَاتِ With the clear proofs. Every messenger that came, what did he say? قَدْ جَاءَتْكُمْ بَيِّنَةٌ مِّنْ رَبِّكُمْ So they brought them clear proofs. But the people, فَمَا سُنَاتْ كَانُوا They were لِيُؤْمِنُوا That they believe. Why? They didn't believe. Why? بِمَا Because of what? كَذَّبُوا They denied مِنْ قَبْلْ Before. Because they refused to believe the first time, what happened? Later on, as the truth only become clearer and clearer, still they couldn't believe. Why? Because once you say no to something, once you say no to someone, then later on, it gets difficult for you to agree with them. It becomes more difficult for you to say yes to them. Is that so? Like for example... Somebody says, I want you to come over to my house this and this day. And you don't like this person. So you say, no, I'm busy, so I can't come. 
And then later on you find out that all your friends are going. And you want to go. But are you able to tell her that I want to come? Are you able to? No. Why? Because what will she say? I said no first, now I'm saying I want to come. So what prevents a person from saying yes later on? It's their ego. Right? So just like that, when the people disbelieve the first time, later on, as the truth became only clearer, they weren't able to believe. They weren't able to accept Iman. Why? Because then they would be accepting that they were wrong. And they didn't want to do that. And also, what happens is that Allah takes tawfiq away from a person. He doesn't give him tawfiq anymore. When he says no to Allah, then Allah doesn't give him any more good chances. He refuses to grant his blessing to the one who has rejected it. Think about it. If you offer something to someone, and they say, no, I don't want it. What do you say? Fine. Don't take it. And later on they ask you, like, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I'm not going to give it to you. Right? So this is what happens in this world also. That if a person refuses to accept something good, then later, even if he wants it, he cannot have it. So what happened with the people of the past? The truth came to them. It was clear to them. But because they refused the first time, then no matter how many times they were warned, even if Nuh salam preached to them for 950 years, it didn't make a difference. كَذَلِكَ Like that, يَطْبَعُ اللَّهُ Allah sets a seal عَلَى قُلُوبِ الْكَافِرِينَ On the hearts of the disbelievers. يَطْبَعُ Earlier also we learned it, To set a seal. Meaning, such people because of their disbelief, what happened? Allah set a seal on their hearts. When their hearts were sealed, that's it. They wouldn't change them. They wouldn't believe them. So what's the lesson in this for us? What can we learn from this for ourselves? Hmm? What do we learn from the example of the people of the past that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has mentioned in so much detail here? Yes. Okay, good. That if we realize that we were wrong, then what should we do? Accept our mistake. Make the required change. Because if we don't, who are we depriving? ourselves. Who's going to suffer? We are suffering. Like for example, in a test you find out that you made a mistake and your group in charge says, you know, who means he. It doesn't mean them. You're like, no, 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 no. It's them. So you better give me the mark. I mean, doesn't that look kind of foolish? Quite foolish. But people will argue for a mark. And they will say, but Sister Tamiya said that. And I will check in the recording and prove it to you. For example, I could have honestly made a mistake. Right? But If a person insists, 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 then who's going to suffer? They're going to suffer, right? So when we recognize something wrong in ourselves, when somebody tells us about something good, something right, something better, then what should we do? Accept it and make the change instantly. Because if you don't make that change instantly, you defer, you delay, then at the end you will suffer. Many times it happens that you're in your house, right? For instance, these days, you go home and you take your jacket off and your boots off and your gloves off and your hat off, everything. And you're like, let me just leave it by the door. I'll put it away later. When does later come? The next time you have to go out of the house. Right? So what is best? That what you have to do now, do it. Why are you delaying it till later? Right now if you're busy, later you'll be even more busy. 
Right now you have three things to do, tomorrow you'll have five things to do. Because with every second, our work is increasing. Right? So, the main lesson here is that once we find out about something, then samirna wa atarna. Because if there is a delay, samirna and let me think about it, then it turns into asayna. Instead of atarna, it turns into asayna. And then a person says, yeah, I want to atarna. But it doesn't happen. Either because you find it more difficult, or because Allah takes the tawfiq away from you. May Allah protect us from that. وَمَا وَجَدَنَا Allah says, and we did not find لِأَكْثَرِهِمْ For most of them مِنْ عَهْدٍ Any covenant. Meaning, we found most of them breaking their promise, breaking their covenant. Which covenant? Which promise? That they had made with Allah. All of us, before we were sent to this earth, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created Adam alayhi salam, He brought all of the souls in front, right? And what happened? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala asked all the people, أَلَسْتُ بِرَبِّكُمْ Am I not your Lord? And every single one of us, every single human being, He replied, Yes, bala. Alright? This is referred to as Ahd alast. So when people are sent to this world, they have to keep true to that promise. That yes, Allah, you are my Lord. I will worship you. I will obey you. I will listen to you. I will not disobey you. This is a promise that we've made with Allah. It is within our you know, natural instinct. It's in our subconsciousness. Even if we don't remember it fully, and of course, none of us remembers it, but its effects are there. Its effects are there. It's just like, you don't remember everything that happened in your childhood. But does it affect you till today? Has it shaped your personality? Definitely. Do you remember if somebody yelled at you when you were two years old or hurt when you were three years old? You might not remember a thing. But those events, they shaped you. So just like that, this Ahd Alast has shaped us. How? That in our heart is the longing, the yearning. To worship Allah, to turn to Allah. The heart reaches, you know, seek someone great. And who is that great one? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Some people, they get stuck in others, right? They find someone, you know, very beautiful, attractive, impressive. So they start literally worshiping them. They start serving them. Their life revolves around them. And other people, they only settle with who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Allah says over here that وَمَا وَجَدْنَا لِأَكْثَرِهِمْ مِنْ عَهْدٍ Majority of the people, we did not find in them any covenant. Meaning, they didn't keep true to their covenant. وَإِمْ وَجَدْنَا And indeed, in over here means indeed. Indeed, we found أَكْثَرَهُمْ Most of them لَفَاسِقِينَ Surely disobedient. Crossing limits. Majority of the people, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has found them to be how? Fasiq, sinful. So if you are a minority, if you feel like a loner, then be happy. Because majority is what? Fasiq. They're sinful. They're disobeying Allah. Everyone says curse words. Everyone dresses up inappropriately. Everyone says something, does something. And you are living differently. Your speech is different. Your lifestyle is different. Your eating habits are different. Be glad about that. Like in the hadith we learn, that Islam came about as the people who are غُرَبَاء, strangers. وَسَيَعُودُ غَرِيبًا 
And soon it will return as something strange. Meaning soon it will become like something strange and weird. Something that only a few people do. So the Prophet ﷺ said, فَطُوبَى لِلْغُرَبَى So good news to the strangers. So majority is not authority. Majority is not always right. You have to use your mind. You have to see what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has said. If you think about it in all of these verses, all of these stories that we learned here, who is it that mainly opposed the prophets? It was the mala'a. Right? And the mala'a are who? Powerful, influential people who have crowds following them. They have a great following. They are the ones who oppose the prophets. So what does it show? That who believed in the prophets? How many people? Very few. So few people also, if they believe in Allah, if they do righteousness, they are far better than crowds and crowds of people who are sinful and disobedient. Let's listen to the recitation. وَمَا أَرْسَلْنَا فِي قَرْيَةٍ مِّن نَبِيٍّ إِلَّا أَخَذْنَا أَهْلَهَا بِالْبَأْسَاءِ وَالضَّرَّاءِ لَعَلَّهُمْ يَضَّرَّعُونَ ثُمَّ بَدَّلْنَا مَكَانَ سَيِّئَةَ الْحَسَنَةِ حَتَّى عَفَوْا وَقَالُوا وَقَالُوا قَدْ مَسَّ آبَاءَنَا الضَّرَّاءُ وَالسَّرَّاءُ فَأَخَذْنَاهُمْ بَغْتَةً وَهُمْ لَا يَشْعُرُونَ وَلَوْ أَنَّ أَهْلَ الْقُرَى آمَنُوا وَاتَّقَوْا لَفَتَحْنَا عَلَيْهِمْ لَفَتَحْنَا عَلَيْهِمْ بَرَكَاتٍ مِّنَ السَّمَاءِ وَالْأَرْضِ وَلَكِنْ كَذَّبُوا وَلَكِنْ كَذَّبُوا فَأَخَذْنَاهُمْ بِمَا كَانُوا يَكْسِبُونَ أَفَأَمِنَ أَهْلُ الْقُرَى أَنْ يَأْتِيَهُمْ بَأْسُنَا بَيَاتًا وَهُمْ نَائِمُونَ أَوَأَمِنَ أَهْلُ الْقُرَى أَنْ يَأْتِيَهُمْ بَأْسُنَا ضُحًا وَهُمْ يَلْعَبُونَ أَفَأَمِنُوا مَكْرَ اللَّهِ فَلَا يَأْمَنُ مَكْرَ اللَّهِ إِلَّا الْقَوْمُ الْخَاسِرُونَ أَوَلَمْ يَهْدِ لِلَّذِينَ يَرِثُونَ الْأَرْضَ مِنْ بَعْدِ أَهْلِهَا أَلَّوْنَ شَاءُ أَصَبْنَاهُمْ بِذُنُوبِهِمْ وَنَطْبَعُ عَلَى قُلُوبِهِمْ فَهُمْ لَا يَسْمَعُونَ تِلْكَ الْقُرَى نَقُصُّ عَلَيْكَ مِنْ أَنْبَائِهَا 
وَلَقَدْ جَاءَتْهُمْ رُسُلُهُمْ بِالْبَيِّنَاتِ فَمَا كَانُوا لِيُؤْمِنُوا بِمَا كَذَّبُوا مِنْ قَبْلُ كَذَلِكَ يَطْبَعُ اللَّهُ عَلَى قُلُوبِ الْكَافِرِينَ وَمَا وَجَدْنَا لِأَكْثَرِهِمْ مِنْ عَهْدٍ وَجَدْنَا أَكْثَرَهُمْ لَفَاسِقِينَ سبحانك اللهم بحمدك نشهد أن لا إله إلا أنت نستغفرك ونتوب إليك السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته